on this episode of Inside Boxing Live. We have a jam-packed show to get to. Two fight of the years went down. Uh, candidates over the weekend, Lee Wood giving up his belt to Mauricio Lara. We saw Luis Neary and Crazy A giving us an unbelievable fight in Southern California. We'll also preview Jake Paul is back in the ring. And Adrian Broner, once again, is looking for an opponent. Could it be a host of this show? Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Inside Boxing Live. I'm Dan Kenobio. He is Chris Algieri. Of course, this is a product of John Boy Media. And Chris, what a weekend we had in the sport of boxing. I t- we told you in the past episode that Saturday could give you two fight of the year candidates with Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara and Crazy A taking on Luis Neary a- a- in the evening. And man, it delivered. What an unbelievable uh, weekend of fights, Chris. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. And if the sport of boxing is doing good and getting good fights, then I'm a happy camper. And uh, this weekend was definitely, definitely dis- didn't disappoint. So, you know, when you have got a lot of ideas leading into a fight weekend, like, oh, it's going to be a good weekend. And then it lives up to it and goes actually above and beyond it, which I think this weekend did. I mean, shoot, that that's that's good for the sport. Right. 2023 is starting off really, really strong. Right. We said that February was going to be like a slow month because we, we yeah. weren't seeing like the biggest names like we're going to see in April and June and, and, and on. But man, like I will put together a list. I have my top five fights of 2023 so far. Banger after banger, week after week. It's been awesome start uh, to the year, and we're only getting started. Uh, just a quick programming note. Uh, this will be the only episode of the week. Uh, putting out a little bit earlier, uh, Chris has Pro Box stuff. I'm heading over to Boston, taking a little mini vacation. Um, but I will have my face uh, in, in Twitter uh, <laughs> following the Ryan Garcia tank news, which should be announced any minute now, and any other fights that, that should be uh coming through hopefully my girlfriend is not too upset that i'm looking at twitter while in boston but you know like we said like boxing it's just it's a 24 7 gig no absolutely but boxing never sleeps and you gotta work i mean if 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 uh, something comes up man i'll be talking to you while you're in boston (laughs) if we do if ryan garcia fight and the tank fight uh gets announced we will have something so keep it locked inside boxing live uh youtube page uh and socials (laughs) and all that good stuff all right so what should we get into first let's get into the lee wood mauricio uh, lara recap a lot of people on twitter are asking me your opinion uh we'll start with how it ended um uh, Lauer lands a one-hitter quitter, perfect punch on the chin of Lee Wood, and it was one of those knockdowns where he went down so hard, uh, stiff, came up, had no legs, uh, 10 seconds left in the round, but Ben Davison throws in the towel, one of the more debatable corner stoppages. I think Davison made the right decision. What do you think? Take us through it. Yeah, I mean, you never know what's going on in the corner. You don't know what you're hearing from the fighter. Um, I will say, though, even in the round number one, Lara's shots were jarring. Even when the jabs he was landing, you could see the way that everything was affecting Wood when he got hit. And, you know, he's, he was he's a warrior. He battled he battled through that. Um, he was dealing with someone who definitely had more firepower than him, but was giving as good as he got. But like I said, you never know what's going on in the corner. Uh, ben Davis is an incredible coach. He's really aware of these guys. He's very in tune. So... Uh, you know, they're, they're, sometimes guys go in the corners and they'll literally sit there and be like, hey, listen, this guy's hurting me with everybody. Everything is touching me or that shot hurt me or uh, things that we don't hear. And a, a coach has to take that into account. And then when you see a knockdown like that, where your man goes down stiff, hits his head on the mat, you know, gets up on shaky legs, you got to think, well, all that residual damage is already there. Then we got this. 
we still have six more rounds to go. What, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? I want I want my guy to to walk out of the out of the ring on his own recognizance and, and be able to fight again in the future. So I, I would have to assume that it was the right move uh, that the corner was stopped. You know, we heard a lot about this with Deontay Wilder. Remember when he said, "Man, I, I, if my corner throws in the towel, which Mark Breland did, fired on 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 call, and I'd rather go out on my shield." Like, you've been in the ring before, Chris. Have you ever had that conversation with with one of your trainers? You ever had that where, hey, I, I, if you throw in the towel, I'm fine with it, or don't throw in the towel? Where did you where did you stand on that with your trainers over the years? It, it's it's fight by fight. I mean. um, Two two fights I can think of just off the top of my head were uh, the Provotnikov fight where I was literally – I was pleading with my corner, like, don't stop the fight. I'm winning the fight. Uh, I'm good. You know, my face is bad, but I'm I'm good. But we were all on the same page anyway. It was more me pleading with the doctors to, to, to let the fight go on. My corner, not so much. But then even like the Spence fight, like they knew I had a knee injury going into the fight. So when I'm get, taking all the punishment that I was taking in that fight, and they didn't get to the point where they they need they needed to stop it. The the, the ref called it because I really just went down, couldn't really get up on my leg. Um, but I would have I would have understood because they knew that in the camp they knew my knee was hurt in camp and they knew that I'm getting hit. I, I needed my legs and it wasn't working. So if a fight like that, if I, if it were to be stopped, I would have been okay with it. That's interesting to hear. Like that's the stuff where the when they say a trainer knows their fighter best. Yeah. Like the public didn't know you had a knee knee no. injury. Or knee problem. You're a fighter that really depended on legs and, and movement, and your corner knew that. But there was never like conversation. You never had that conversation, like the hypothetical conversation, like, "Hey, don't ever stop a fight for me." Or if you did throw in the towel, never have it to happen for you. But if you do throw in the towel, I'm okay with it. Or don't ever do it. No, I never. I never had the conversation with any of my guys. But I also all of the coaches I've had throughout the years, and I've, I've had an, uh, a number of them. One of them, Keith Trimble, who has been in my corner throughout all those years, even when I've switched trainers, I always had Keith in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, and he's, he's like a, like a big brother to me. So he's going to, he would take care of me. And I know he knows me well enough that he could see in my face from whatever's going on. If it was time to stop, uh, he, he would be there and ready for it before me. I think that was the case with Davison. Davison was yeah. has been with Lee Wood since the domestic level. Took him all the way to a world champion. Um, another thing too, I didn't realize that that Lee Wood's thirty four years old. Like, yeah, that's I didn't know that. I feel like he Not just like guy. just no. burst on the scene. And, I mean, uh, he kind of did, but he, he did right when with those wins over uh, Zhu Can and then the win uh, over Conlin. I for for sure thought he was in his in his mid twenties, late twenties. Uh, that's on me because for you know maybe not following along because he was a, a British uh, domestic level fighter. That also has to be taken in, into consideration. Also, another thing that needs to be taken into consideration is the Conlon fight. He was down yeah. really hard in that fight too. Thirty four yep. years old, towards the end of his career, two huge uh, uh, knockdowns. Where you're not not flash knockdowns by any means. No. So I think in the heat of the of the moment, I think a lot of people. Oh my God, I can't believe they he threw in the towel with ten seconds left. But the more we think about it, the more that we're removed from the fight. Lee Wood has come out and said it was absolutely the right call. Even when he says it, that's that's all you need to hear. I yep. think it was the right move because he said, I'm with my kids today. I'm smiling. He can live on to fight another day if there's a, if there's a rematch. Another thing, too, I was watching the footage, Chris. Um, Lara, when he went down, Lara was in the neutral corner. But Lee Wood stumbled around and he found mm-hmm. himself almost in the same side of the ring. Uh, and Lara he started off in the right spot in the neutral corner. But by the time that Wood uh, got to his feet before the towel was thrown in, Lara was practically next to him in there. And he was almost raring to go. I think Davison might have saw- seen Lara in his line of, of like ready to go. I'm interested to see if the ref would have. 
not that I think this would have mattered, that the ref would have eventually saw that Lara was too close and pushed him back. And then maybe we're saying three seconds, two seconds, round over. But I also just don't think I think the fight was over at that point. I think that Wood had nothing. I agree, and I don't. I don't think the one minute was going to be enough time for him to recover. And I think that's something else that you know we're, we're glossing over the fact that Ben saw the that he's fighting someone who's a really big puncher. And and granted, Lara was starting to lose steam, but obviously he wasn't losing power. You know, he wasn't punching as much. He wasn't. Do, he wasn't doing as well as he was early on. But I mean, the guy can really punch. It's, he's not Mick Conlon. Mick Mick is not a big puncher. So when he drops you really hard and early in a fight, the fight goes on. You come back and you get the win. Lara's a different guy. If you, you're trying to recover from that. And when you're hurt, and your legs aren't as good. You're going to get hit more. So even if he did wet weather through that and was able to get out the next round, he's, he's going to take a lot more punishment. And you don't know if there's any damage when you get dropped that hard. I mean, you, you never know what's going on in the brain. Right. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Uh, uh, Wood was up on all three cards. He, he had the, the headbutt, which uh, had a cut in round one. Mm-hmm. And then I, Lara landed some bombs early, and I said, "Wow, this might be quick. This might be a quick yeah. night uh, for for Lee Wood." And then the thing about Lee Wood, and the reason I picked him uh, to win this fight is his resolve. Like the things yep. you can't teach, like what you had in the Bravonico fight, the things that you that you just don't see on paper is the guy. Same thing with the Conlon fight: resolve, finding a way to to get to the end of the fight and ultimately winning. That's what he saw. He had the cut. He's hit. He's down early, not down, but you know, getting taking a lot of punishment. And then he finds it in the second round, third round, he starts to get a lead and he's in total control. And then Lara out of nowhere lands that Hail Mary punch. That, that's just beautiful. That's just boxing. That's just amazing. That's why it's one of the best sports when it's done properly that you can find. Yeah, as I was watching, I, I saw some of the mistakes that, that Wood was making. And the move that we ended, he was actually dipping out to throw his own left hook and they actually traded left hooks. He landed a good left hook on Lara, just Lara's was bigger. And, uh, you know, I hit him right on the chin, but he had, he had thrown that several times throughout the, the night. He would lean forward. He would square up and lean forward with his right shoulder. Lara would normally punch. And then he would come back afterwards. That time they just did it at the same time. Wow. And he got caught. It was working better earlier. And so that, that's what happens with fatigue. You're, you're, it's at the end of the round. And Wood didn't take that pause. He didn't make that defensive move first. Mm-hmm. And he just went right to the punch and he, he ate it and hit him right on the chin. And there's really, there's really not much you can do from that. Reminds me of Pacquiao Marquez four. Yeah, just head on clinch, around. Bang. Ended around. Boom. Pacquiao was up on the up on the cards. Uh Wood going in for the, the kill, card. really. What's that? He was going in for the kill in that fight, Pacquiao, and then he got clipped with Marquez. Awesome fight. That was one of the better fights uh ever. Um, but let's talk about uh Mercy Lara. I mean, what a bad little guy. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. World champion. We- uh talk about a guy that you know started off with a few losses and worked his way up. Now he's one of the most fearsome punchers. In all of boxing. I mean, that's a safe thing to say. I, I think he's up there with the Inouye's. He's up there with the Charlo. He's up there with the Wilders. Uh, not at the top, but I think he's in the conversation. He's now a world champ. He has a ton of options out there. But, man, this guy is so much fun to watch, and I'm excited for him to now reap the benefits, you know, of being a world champ. Great story. Yeah, I mean, and you can see how happy he was at the end. He's, he's breaking down and crying and hugging. But before or after he spit on Josh Warrington? Uh, after. <laughs> that was listen. What a savage fights, man! What a savage! I know. <laughs> it's very Roberto. I'm going to spit on the guy that I beat twice. Very Roberto Duran-esque. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, he, and honestly, stylistically, he's got that too. He's got that 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 bruising style. Um, but yeah, it, listen. After fights, I mean, the emotions are so high, especially when it ends the way it did, yeah. in that kind of fashion. I mean, yeah, you get a little dude. He's a little, get a little saucy. I know he looks like he's 
Oh my 40. god! <laughs> like yeah. I didn't know Lee Wood was thirty four. I didn't know that Lara was twenty four. Wow! Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna be around. around for a while. Well, that's the thing I said in the in our last show. Is like he's not here for a good time. He's here, or he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. We'll see because know, man. in this fight, some of the things that I thought would lead Lee Wood to a win showed up. I think that Lara, he ran out of a little bit of steam. He gets mm-hmm. reckless. Throwing those really wide shots, and Wood was staying like tight and up the middle. I love watching him fight. I'm not ready to to, to say what uh, Lara does wrong in there because he has the ultimate equalizer, one of the hardest shots you can uh, you know take in there. And uh, damn, he is he's the guy at, at featherweight. We'll get into that uh, conversation now. What could be next? Uh, also, for... I'm looking at his record. He hasn't lost since he was 19 years old. Yeah. You know, it's it's been a five year win streak, and like you said, he's only twenty four. So, and he can hit like a freaking mule. And there yeah. are some really good fights for him to be made. I think he he's not with. Um, I don't know exactly who he's with. I don't know if he's with Matchroom. They might have options on him. Uh, there is a rematch clause, and that's another thing to take into consideration too. Uh, I saw someone posted it on, on Twitter. It's like, would uh Davison have stopped the fight if there wasn't a rematch clause? That is an interesting question. Hmm. That is that is something to think about. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I it was think more. So either. I think it's just more their guy dealing with the moment, you know, and that's that's what you need to be. You got you to be very present in a situation like that. Yeah. So Lara could potentially fight uh, Wood in a rematch this summer. I'm interested to see if Wood would take that because there'll be three grueling fights in a row for him. Conlon, uh, Lara, Lara again. Uh, there's obviously the Warrington fight with the beef, but. I don't want to see that. Like, I, I don't know why Warrington keeps getting I, these chances and chances. Like, he was beat soundly by him, and then there were cuts, and or he was on his way to losing again. He just yep. lost to Luis uh, uh, Alberto Lopez uh, earlier this or late last year to give up his his belt. Like, I would see, like to see Lara fight in a perfect world. Robesi Ramirez, if Robesi Ramirez mm. gets through Dog Bay, you got an ultimate brawler in Lara versus the technician. And Ramirez, we probably won't see that fight anytime soon because Ramirez is with top rank. Uh, Luis Alberto Lopez, who just beat Very good fight. Very good fight there, too. Lara Lopez, that's a unification bout. Um, But what I do think, I do think there will be a rematch. I think that Wood will take some time to recover, um, take some time to be with his family, and then late summer, early fall, do it in Mexico. Like, do it in Mexico. Yeah, I... I think there's there's going to be a lot of uh, a, a lot of a lord of that fight after this with this ending and and I don't know right. Wood people like Wood now you know like or I mean like you said he's been very popular over there he's popular here now too popular all over I think there's there, there's a lot of interest in this 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 rematch in this fight happening so you know get those get those little guys paid man but no the, the weight I mean this weight class there's tons of great fights that that could happen and, and are, are right there for for either guy if they do depend you know if they do fight each other but. Uh, a guy that I always like as a sleeper is Kiko Martinez. Man, he he's comes around. to he's fight. Old he comes vet. to fight. He's an old grizzled vet, and he finds ways to win. He's been counted out a million times, but eh, every once in a while, he, he he knocks out somebody good. So, so that was uh, the afternoon slate. So awesome fight between Lee Wood and uh, Mauricio Lara. Let's see what Lara does next. Uh, who, maybe the rematch. A lot of names out there. Awesome, awesome fight. Uh, great ending. Uh, at night, in the evening, over a Golden Boy, another I think was fight of the year candidate. I think it's the clubhouse leader for fight of the uh, year, Luis Neri and Crazy A. As at Havanasian, uh, these two went at it in a phone booth for eleven and a half rounds. Ultimately stopped late. 
Uh, Luis Neary gets the win, and he needed this win badly. You know, this is a guy that was stopped by, by Figueroa. Uh, before that, was looking pretty much unstoppable in those lower weights. But now he's back. Uh, Luis Neary is back in the discussion. He called out um, Inouye after the fight, said Inouye is no monster. I'll take that mask off. I will beat him. Uh, okay. I don't know about that, but still, Luis Neary back. I I love this fight. It was a blood and guts type of fight. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Neary, and, and he was on such a run before he ran into Brandon Figueroa and and, and got stopped. But um, I mean, I, I think he's back in a big way. This was a huge a huge uh opportunity and and uh a good matchup and turned into an awesome fight. And then the way he finished it, I mean, he, he's the man. He's he he's back, and it it's cool for to look to see what what's next for their division because there's a lot of good fights for him. Dude, they landed combined 405 punches. 330 oh. of them were power shots. Yikes. No Yikes. jabs. It was just like legitimate foam booth. Let's stand in the middle. Uh, my guy, our guy, Corey Erdman on the call, did a fantastic job. He's like Curly Erdman, like big fights starting to to follow Erdman. Like he does, yeah, like well, he's obviously the the backup for Grisham, and he's a damn good uh uh commentator, uh Corey Erdman, but he gets these uh the zone fights. Um, where they're just absolute wars, and he does such a great job. But that was an awesome, like, it was just like, all around a great uh, day of fights. Um, after DeZone had a pretty rough week, uh, with their price jacking. Did you see that? Two twenty five yeah. a year now. Yikes! That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. And and it's it hurts the fans, man. It, it, really it hurts does. the sport. Less people are gonna watch now. It's. Uh, we we don't get as enough exposure as is. We always say like, you know, boxing is, is a niche sport at this point. And uh, you know, when you're when you're putting the price point up that high, it makes it even harder for for normal people to access. It's that's a hundred percent price increase. Like, Yikes. out of out of the blue. I, we both work with the zone. Like, I, we have a comp. I do. You know, we work with them. CompuBox. You do some some calls for them. It's like it's a tough spot for us to to comment on it. But I think of the fans and when you see uh hardcore fans i see them on twitter saying that they are giving up and they are unsubscribing that's that's a tough look because if you lose the hardcores then what, what do you really have and the zones trotting out the youtuber misfit series um they do have joshua on regular zone i think canelo uh fight will be on regular zone but you know this is a a um organization that just are rolled out pay-per-view too on top of it are they going to start doing pay-per-views like when joshua moves on to fight someone of note after franklin should he get past them are they going to start charging 225 a year plus pay-per-view because come on man boxing fans get taken care taken advantage of so much and this is just the latest in the line of that yeah i mean and then that's also it's going to hurt even going to fights like wow what's my budget for watching boxing every month insane you know literally it's over a thousand dollars probably if if you want to go to a fight then yeah you got to add that up too those those are never cheap and then your subscriptions are there no matter what so and then pay-per-views on top of it it's it's boxing once again makes the barrier to entry to be a fan really tough did you see um john skipper he was former espn president of espn then he moved over to the zone uh, now he's working with uh, an independent um, media company, but he was with the DAZN guy for a while. He said that they that the Super Bowl should be a pay per view. He said you, they should charge fans two hundred twenty five dollars to watch the Super Bowl every year. And I think every boxing fan uh, was like, no, 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 or like, yeah, you know, we're used to this by now. Like, oh, you're gonna start charging for the Super Bowl? That's essentially what boxing is. There, it's a one night yeah. like stand essentially to like, hey, we're gonna try to get as much money as we can out of this event. 
But I thought yeah, that was interesting. But but the Super Bowl is once a year. Boxing, right. we're doing pay per views once a month. You know, well, so, sometimes. Yeah, you know, so uh, yeah, it it doesn't seem that crazy to a boxing fan to think like, well, I mean, we we pay for our fights. You, you got to play for your, you got to pay for your football. Sign for Pro Box, right? Much cheaper. Whoa, Pro Box, tune in. We uh, we're free on most platforms, and then if you want to get no ads, dollar ninety nine, bro. I saw the Two nice bucks. little picture they posted of you on on the set, looking great. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, full time uh... pundit right here, Algeria. You're back, baby. I'm back, back in a big way. How about um, after we saw these great fights this weekend? Top five fights of 2023 so far. We're only in February. <laughs> it's mid-February. Um, we're getting closer to March. I took a look at the March-April schedule, and I was like, whoa, it's going to be insane. Uh, but there have been some damn good fights. Um, honorable mention. You're a big honorable mention guy, Chris. David Stevens, KO over Sean Hemphill. This was on Showbox, January 20th. All-out war, back and forth. Literally last second, 258 of the last round. Stevens KO'd Hemphill. Awesome, awesome uh, fight. That's my honorable mention. I think Showbox is doing great stuff. They had a, a card on Friday night. Um, we need to protect Showbox at all costs. It is like the essentially the only outside of you know the pro box out there and like maybe a Broadway boxing that I'll work on with Lou. Like these are like the developmental series. I think there's been over a hundred fighters have gone on from Showbox to become champions. I think just under a hundred. Um, so that series is amazing and they're doing great stuff. So that's my honorable mention. And I want to see if you agree with my, my top five here. Uh, number five, Navarrete Wilson. Navarrete goes down. Wilson's a freaking huge underdog. We had the, uh, the controversy with the 32nd count. Um, Navarrete ultimately gets the, uh, the knockout. Anytime that both guys hit the canvas, that that's, that's a good fight for me. I got that at number five. You like that's, that I mean, I'll- that's an awesome fight. Love that fight. Um, I love whenever Navarrete fights. I mean, we we talk about him on the show quite a bit. I've called a number of his fights. It's always fun. Um, he's not the cleanest guy in the world. He's not the, the prettiest, but uh, he gets it done. And he makes for great fights. And I think at these higher weight classes where he's not such a size bully anymore, he's actually not a size bully at all anymore. He's just He just has power. Um, I think we're going to get a lot better fights out of him that are going to be exciting because it's going to be back and forth because he's he was just too big for those guys at 26 and 22 and you know the fights weren't really even that competitive because he was just so strong and so big now he doesn't have that advantage and we're going to get some some i think classics he's fighting uh valdez next awesome mexican war awesome fight mexican war the machismo right the machismo Mm -hmm. battle machismo yep who's gonna is navarrete gonna get that machismo out of uh valdez it depends who shows up because Valdez, he's got the boxing ability. And, you know, we, we didn't see it against Stevenson, obviously, because they're just different levels, different class, different type, different styles. But with Navarrete, it reminds me of the Burchelt fight where Valdez, who I thought Burchelt yeah. was going to get that fight. I thought he was, you know, he's just too big, too rough, too raw, uh, too rugged. But Valdez boxed beautifully that all that amateur background came out and he's able to sh- showcase it and put on one of the most ridiculous knockouts I've ever seen. Um, so that guy shows up. I got him beating Navarrete. Love that. Uh, number four, I have what we saw this past weekend, Wood versus Lara. Uh, we just talked about it at length. Um, any fight that ends like that, um, where a guy's down on the cards and Lara uh, with the one-hitter quitter of, of Lee Wood. Lee Wood landed some good shots in there. Awesome, awesome fight. That's number four. Number three, Arthur Bedeviev versus Anthony Yard. I mean, rock'em, sock'em robots, slugfest in the light heavyweight division. 
I think uh, better be come out and said this is one of my tougher fights I've ever had with Yard. Uh, that's number three. That was an awesome fight. Love that fight and the big guys. You know, like we're, we're, we're talking about all the little guys. Now we got some big guys. Light heavyweights, like you know, light heavyweights today are the size of heavyweights from the, the '60s. So like we got you know these guys are big and they're athletic and they're fast. They're explosive. Um, Anthony Yard, we, we love this matchup. We were talking about it for the whole month leading up to it. We love these two guys fighting each other. Better Biev, we always want to see him fight. He is he's the boogeyman of the of the light heavyweight division. And then Anthony Yard is just a big, strong, athletic guy who's who's got he's got balls, man. The guy comes out to fight, and he made it for a great night. And and he has kind of re interjected him interjected himself into the picture at yeah. light heavyweight. I mean, I'd write, I'd like to see him fight anybody. You know, it's a good fight when the loser stock rises and you want to see yes. him fight Joe Smith. I want to see him fight uh, Calum Smith. I want to see him fight some of the, uh, you know, Boatze, uh, some of those other guys at 175. Uh, so that's number three. Number two, Manda Serrano, Eric Cruz. Bloody war at Madison Square Garden. Uh, they th- broke all sorts of records. They threw this, I think it was the most punches ever in a women's fight. Uh, all sorts of records broken, uh, blood. You had everything in that fight. You had a, a, the elite, uh, one of the best women fighters ever in Amanda Serrano an up in the versus an upstart, uh, you know, underdog. That fight was amazing. <laughs> I don't know the type of toll it took on Serrano. We'll see when she fights Katie Taylor on May 20th. Uh, but that right there is my number two fight. Uh, that was just a bloody, bloody, uh, war at the theater. Super fun fight, and it was high level too. It wasn't just a rock'em sock'em robot type fight. Um, you know, Cruz pushed it, fighting through nasty amount of blood. Um, it made for great pictures. Blood always makes for great pictures. So right, <laughs> the splash and get shot. Uh, but yeah, no, great, great fight. I wouldn't have it above better be Evan Yard. I I really enjoyed that fight, but hmm. yeah, I, I I would have it on there. You would have you would flip flop Serrano Cruz better yeah. be Yard. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, all right. I like Number I like one. I like the I like the power. I like power punchers. So. I hear you. Lu- number one, Luis Neary, uh, crazy A. What we saw this past weekend, uh, standing and trading, phone booth, uh, no one backing down, back and forth action, a stoppage, didn't have to go to the decision, didn't have to deal with scorecards. Uh, I thought that was the best fight of uh, 2023 so far. I agree because it was it, one, it was high level, and two, we got we got rounds and we got the stoppage. So that's I love that. I love late round stoppages and fights because you get to see the guys really go back and forth and really dig deep. You get to see both both of those guys and what what, what they're really made of. And then when you have that definitive winner, it makes the thing so much easier. Because listen, every time we go to the scorecards and close fights, we all we all hold our breath. pinch up and be like, oh come on, yeah. do the right thing, do the right thing. Um, so with this fight, there was no need for that, and so we got ultimately a, a great fight and a great ending. So we were like eight weeks into 2023 and we've had some awesome fights i mean so many times in the, in the boxing world we try to we gravitate towards the negative and what fights aren't getting made or what's going wrong uh so it was pretty fun to put together that list of the better fights that we've seen and we have a lot more to, to go um did you see this chris uh, adrian broner <laughs> uh that fights off february 25th um uh, michael williams i believe was the fighter he was supposed to fight broke his jaw go ahead that was the third. That was the third replacement. Yeah, right. It was supposed to be Red Catch. Red Catch was out. Then it was someone else. I haven't really been following that closely because I don't think much of like Broner at this point. I think the whole show is just odd. Um, but this guy Williams that was supposed to step in broke his jaw. Uh, his dad came and and announced it, and they kind of threw uh Joe Roy Jones under the bus, who was his trainer. Like, what the hell? Why is he hard sparring less than ten days out uh from a fight? 
so it came out, uh, I think you said that you were interested in, in this fight at one point. I've always been interested in fighting and, and Broner. I've talked about it for years, but I, I don't think that fight would make sense for them at this point because he's going to lose. If they want to have, yeah, if they want him to have a, three fights this year, uh, starting out with Chris Algieri is not a good, not a, not a good idea to. So you're confident for, for that you would Broner beat, you, you're confident that right now you would beat Adrian Broner. I was, I was always confident that my style would be him. I throw a lot of punches. So it was, it was always a good matchup for me. And it was a fight that we wanted way back when, but, but people are like, Oh, you should take it. The fight's next week. I'm like, no. <laughs> well, they were offering a hundred they offered, they bumped it from a hundred K, which was hilarious. They were literally looking for an opponent on Facebook. Like my brother in. runs a uh, uh, amateur MMA uh, promotion on Long Island. I've seen them put this all the time. Like, hey, looking for a 135 yeah. pounder for. I mean, that's how it works, but not at this level. <laughs> not no. at the level, Adrian Broder. Hey, we're looking for an opponent next week. We'll fly out 175k. No, Wait, you don't want that. N- no, that's not enough money for me, bro. <laughs> I, 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 I think a lot of money, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's like you said. Adrian Broner's not at that level anymore. It just shows you where where he's at in his career and where where this whole show is is about. I mean, that's that's the level at, at, that we're that we're talking. And you know, he's he has not been a serious contender for a number of years. So, you know, this is when you get Facebook messages looking for opponents. Were you minute. looking? Were, were was did they reach out to you originally? Was there any interest? I know you said no. years ago you wanted to find. Was there anything uh, in the lead up to this fight, whether it was the, for the first pullout or uh, second replacement? Was there any contact between the, your two camps? Nope, nope, hasn't been so for a couple of years. Will there be anything going forward now because it's res- been rescheduled to April? Will you try to get that fight? Potentially. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to do anything, but if they. They come and knock in. Be ready to gear up. <laughs> Last question. Will you let me walk you into the ring? Me and Ronnie. Uh yeah. Why not? Oh my God. Why not? You guys could lead the way. We could we could do a whole lot of go do a whole build up of do a podcast in the, in the ring. <laughs> do a podcast and on the way to the ring. Listen, man, I'm not I, I don't want to tell you what to do with your career. I know how hard it is for fighters to say goodbye. I'd love for you to just transition into your great broadcasting career but potentially like a, an Algerian fight where we could be a part of it like selfishly i think that would be an awesome be good moment. for the show <laughs> great for the, for the podcast uh getting ronnie involved like walking into the ring like obviously that would be insane i don't care yeah. if it's against broner or who it's against especially ronnie that'd be, that'd be so good for him he's he hasn't he hasn't been that in, involved in this sport like we have for so many years and to be that close for him that, that would be uh pretty awesome Oh man! All right, yeah. So that's the latest. Who knows? Maybe we'll see uh, Algeri Broner in the ring and this year at some point. What do you think? Yeah. Hey, str- stranger things have happened. Love that. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of stranger things, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. It's this weekend. Oh wow! <laughs> Thought there'd be a lot more hype around this fight. Um, I think man. because it's in Saudi Arabia, kind of took a lot of the sizzle out of this fight. I believe this fight should have took place in the UK. Uh, but even fights of this stature, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury are going to Saudi Arabia for the money. And I understand why they're doing it. I understand Saudi Arabia is probably paying a ton of money for this fight, paying a ton of, mo- ton of money for Paul to be posting. Uh, I think he's been there for like two weeks. So I understand that. But all right, Jake Paul is fighting a, fi- a boxer. He is fighting a boxer on paper. Uh, Tommy Fury is, I think, 8-0. 
Are you going to give one of the talking points I have here? Will you give Jake Paul credit for beating a boxer? I'll give him credit for beating anybody at this point, but mm-hmm. this fight just doesn't have the luster that it used to have. If this should have happened three fights ago, if he had beaten, if he had fought Tommy, fought Tommy Fury prior to beating Silva, tried to it, this, it, it would mean something, right? And it should that fight should have happened then, and, and I think it would have been way more impactful then than it is now because this this is almost like a step down from Silva, even though Silva's fifty and not a boxer. You think so? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think that much of Tommy Fury. I don't think he, in terms of his skills, I've watched his last couple of fights. He hasn't really looked good against, you know, mediocre opponents. Um, that being said, he could still beat uh, Jake Paul. I don't, I don't, I don't think all that much of Jake Paul either. It's just, it's wild that, that these kind of fights are, are, are headlining shows. You got, you know, two it's guys with less than 20, 20 fights. It's fame. Yeah. I mean, this, like Lee Gross wrote in the research notes for this, it's like, if you, if this was fighter A versus fighter B, this is on like the first or second fight of the night. Yep. On a card we watched this weekend. But names, fame, drive the sport. I mean, that's been going on forever. Like I always say, meritocracy does not exist in boxing. You think I deserve this shot? No, that doesn't matter. It's about drawing power. It's about people tuning in. Uh I do think there'll be a, a pretty decent um turnout for this fight in terms of uh buys. It's gonna be on ESPN pay-per-view, I think ESPN plus on Sunday. Uh, next week but we can talk about the you brought up a good point with the if it, this was happening last year uh, this is when it was supposed to happen I think December the original they were supposed to try to fight originally last year um, Tommy Fury is a boxer okay he's 8-0 he's trained I mean he uh, he, he puts effort into it I don't know how much effort is into it the thing that I don't like about this Fury is this, his timeline he has not fought in 309 days. Uh, December 2021, uh, he pulls out of the fight with Paul over a chest cold. Um, and he's out of that fight. So Jake Paul reschedules it for August 2022. Visa issues. Can't enter the United States because of the Kinahan whole nonsense. So that's when Paul then pivoted to, um, what's his name? Rockman Jr., that fight <laughs> fell out, ends up fighting Silva in November. So then Fury fights November 2022. He comes in seven pounds overweight. Again, supposed to be fighting Paul Bamba. He has to transition into an exhibition fight on that card versus Roly Lambert. That right there is not a great timeline. There's no momentum on the side of Tommy Fury. There's a lot of momentum on the side of Jake Paul who fought just 120 days ago and it puts in a lot more training a lot more time a lot more effort a lot more money into his camps uh that's why i'm edging jake paul in this fight on points yeah with jake paul i i've been saying this for a while he trains like a pro and he has for a long time which is why we thought it was so ridiculous the guys that he was fighting I'm like yeah he's fighting guys with zero zero boxing and he's training like a pro so it was it was it was unfair and they're picking guys that obviously can never beat him now he's fighting someone who actually boxes he's undefeated uh, undefeated fighter, but he trains more than this guy does too. He lives he lives the life of a boxer much more than Tommy Fury does, from yeah. what it seems from the outside. Um, and he 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 will have, like you said, he's got momentum going going into this fight. He's coming off the biggest win and best performance of his career by far. And mm-hmm. Jake Paul when he beat Silva, and again Silva's fifty. He's not a boxer, but I've seen him box. The guy can box. He was he's good. Um, but 
yeah, so so he's got that momentum that he's riding off that 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 last win coming into this fight. And yeah, I would I would probably edge Jake Paul uh to win this fight as well. Um Paul is showing signs of improvement. Um yes. he is throwing more punches. He threw 42 punches around uh up from 28 in his previous fights against Silva. He landed 40% <laughs> of his power shots against Silva. He threw 27 jabs. I think this is interesting with uh Paul. 61% of his thrown punches are jabs. And that's he's, that's, he's, that's he's fundamentally he's he yeah, fundamentally, you know, he, you're, you're basically learning from the ground up. Yeah, fundamentally, he's, he's doing everything right. He's got good trainers. He's got good training. So that's what you learn in the beginning. You learn to jab. So it's it's a you know it's a very stepwise approach that they're using, but it's it's working. They're picking the right kind of guys, guys that are going to let, let him level up just a little bit more, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. So the the movement has been the movement of his career has been brilliant. You think uh, defense is one of the harder things to be taught and learn and. If you don't Defensive have it forward. like innate in you, like Shakur Stevenson, like it's really hard to be taught that. Uh, I mean, it's like anything. Anything can be taught and be trained. Um, you know, there's there's, you a, have there's those a level instincts, of, though, right? Right. There's a level of talent, and uh, you know, that comes with genetics, that comes with body type, that comes with uh, athleticism, uh, muscle fiber type. Um, you know, having that vision, having that awareness. Some people just don't have that, like you said. It. I've 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 watched my friends who were fighting early on. And I was like. These guys need to retire. They're not seeing the punches. They're not reacting to the punches well. Uh, so if you don't have that, you don't have that. But in terms of learning defense, he's not going to be a defensive wizard. But it's like anything else. You, you you learn, you pick it up. But defense and footwork are the two hardest things to 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 learn in the sport, especially when you know he's learning on the job. He's he's coming to this late and learning as he goes. Yeah, that's the one part of his game that um it doesn't have the, the greatest uh, of numbers besides the the uh, punch out, but it's still. He threw 42 punches against uh, around against Silva, which is still way below the uh, cruiser rate yeah, super average. Mm-hmm. It's um he's his overall I think it's down to like 30, so he's have to step that up. But he he gets hit. I think th- opponents land 35 percent of their power shots. And well, he Fury... hasn't he hasn't fought anybody who can hurt him. Yeah, he hasn't fought anybody who's really been dangerous. And and Tommy Fury's not a dangerous puncher either. So uh, he's not even his laps his lapses in defense are, are I don't think are going to be an issue until he fights somebody who can actually punch. There's a reason that Paul is picking. Um, he doesn't choose an opponent that he doesn't think he's going to beat, whether it's right. Silva at his advanced age, whether it's Ben Askren, whether it's Woodley. Um, I think he believes the same thing about uh, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury, yes, is a boxer, uh, half brother of, of of Tyson Fury, all that. Um, I do think that at this point in his career, before he gets to those huge fights, whether it's a KSI, whether it's a Conor McGregor, whether it is a guy in the top forty. Here's another thing too. I didn't we didn't haven't gotten to on this show is WBC. Mauricio Suleiman made a, a lot of headlines saying that with the win, Paul will be ranked by the WBC at cruiserweight. Why? Because of this. That's the yeah. only reason. It just it brings attention to the organization. But those those organizations are, are as crooked as the day is long. So yeah. uh, it doesn't. Who cares? It doesn't. It doesn't matter if if Jake it's Paul gets a bait. ranking. And what are they? What are they going to rank him? No, it's it's that's the thing. It's like people were were out with the. There's a lot of outrage over it. It was like, not top fifteen. It's a top forty no. ranking. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna be forty. <laughs> rank rank him thirty eight. Well, here's the I thing. It's like it, if Tommy Fury wins, is Tommy Fury entering the cruiserweight top forty? No. <laughs> no. I didn't say Suleiman. Suleiman's his statement was, we don't believe in discrimination against fighters. Uh, Jake Paul steps in the ring just like everyone else. He deserves. Uh, he deserves the same type of treatment. Uh, as as another guy that that any other guy that steps into the ring, didn't hear him say that about the Tommy Fury though. Tommy Fury yeah. beats Jake Paul. Does he become a top forty uh, at cruiserweight? 
well, that that just kind of shows the hypocrisy of Suleiman. I mean, I think well, everyone he, saw right through that. He's number three fifty-five in the uh, uh, on Box Rec in terms of the world ranking. Tommy Fury, Fury is. Well, did you see his his uh, opponents? What their combined record is? Twenty-four. No, I don't see a lot. Twenty-four, one hundred and seventy-six, and five. Yeah. Which is how British fighters prospects get moved. Yep. They put they get put in the ring with, with these guys that go to these career journeymen, these career guys that like have over a hundred losses or sixty plus losses who don't get knocked out, who know how to go rounds. And that's been Tommy Fury's I would say four his... of those four of the guys on his record have no wins at all. Owen twenty six, Owen eleven, Owen nine, Owen one. And that that's something that I think Jake Paul is gonna need to learn is to not talk so badly about your opponents before you fight them. Because he's been tell, talking about Tommy Fury, talking about his opponents and how bad they are and how he has no power. It's like, I understand you're trying to get in his head, but you're also getting in the heads of everybody watching. Dude, who's seeing, and you're telling point. everybody, you're telling everybody the guy that you fight, you're fighting sucks. That's so when you beat point. him, then why do, why are we going to care? So, that is what Floyd Mayweather did yes. amazingly. He always hyped up his opponent. Yep. Smart. Yep, I would never, I would never understand why fighters do that. I understand it's because you want to get an edge. It's like this guy sucks. He's he's trash. It's like okay, then yeah. why am I why am I gonna buy the fight? Mm-hmm. Where Floyd so goes to like, hell of a fighter. Yeah, he's the best. He's awesome. He got killer punch. He's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, smart. Even very, McGregor. Very smart. I mean, McGregor. He had like I was at those those press conferences and stuff. Like Mayweather had his script for McGregor, but it worked. It worked. worked. I had so many people from the outside of boxing being like, "Yo, this McGregor man, is it, this is a real fight, huh?" And I'm like, "No." No, not at all. They're like, you don't think he has a chance? I'm like, no, zero a lot chance. Of money that night. He has zero chance of beating Floyd Mayweather. It's like, yeah, but he's like smaller and, and McGregor's got power. I'm like, he's got power in a cage. He's not have power in a ring. I'm telling you right now, it's not a real fight. People were, it was so crazy how regular people, casuals were coming to me and being like, people I don't know, respect. man, this Conor McGregor fight. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? It, yeah. it, it's it's easy work. People I respected uh, thought that McGregor had a shot. I think I bet on that one uh Mayweather stoppage eight through ten, and yeah, oh my yeah, winning he, streak came to an end. My respect for people went really, low, really down a lot during yeah. that lead up to that fight when people were actually think, saying this is a real fight. I was hearing it everywhere too. I was on, I was on planes and overhearing people talking about it. I'm like, oh my god. The guy from uh, Showtime, Brandon Schaub, uh, I think picked McGregor, and he'll he'll yeah, never but... he'll never like that will never like he'll never live that down. Like people still bring that up. He's got a lot of things that he'll never live down. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jake Paul is back in the ring uh, this weekend. I'm interested in the fight. I am very interested in it. I, I enjoy Jake Paul fights. I, I have identified what they are. I think a lot of fans are starting to do that. It's a form of entertainment. It's fun. I, I enjoy the how he chooses his opponents. I'm interested to watch how far he can take this thing. I do think he's improving. What's his ceiling? Uh, I ultimately think he will win on points. I don't know if he'll be able to get Fury out of there. Uh, I think Fury's got going for him that Paul hasn't faced is youth. I mean, this guy's like, what, mm-hmm. 20? I got to look up his age. He's definitely not close to 30. So a lot of things that the pe- detractors were saying about Paul, like you got to fight a boxer. Okay, technically fighting a boxer. You got to fight someone close to your damn age, like Silva's almost 50. So he, he is checking off some boxes here. Should he get past Fury? Yeah, no, it's 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 like you said, it's very stepwise the way they're moving his career, and this is another step in, in, in the right direction. Again, it would have been better a year ago when it was supposed to happen. It would have been better before the Silva fight, but it is what it is, and here we are. We're talking about 23 another, another, years old. Another Jake Paul fight. 
23 years old, Tommy Fury. Paul is 25. <laughs> so this is a this is a main event. This is a big fight in in the uh, YouTube boxing world. I will be tuned in. I think Jake Paul wins on points. What's your pick? I agree. Same thing. Jake Paul on points. Wow, we agree. we're in agreement. That doesn't happen much. Well, you picked Not- uh, Lara, right? I did. I picked Wood. My, we, my... we went we went head to head on Friday when we talked first about that loss of the year betting wise. Should listen to me. But it was, I mean, see, he no, doesn't get nailed by that shot, and he he rides it, and he was going to win a decision. Yeah, he. I I I I don't necessarily tr- believe that Wood was ahead the way that the judges were, were had. I mean, I I, I he thought was ahead, but only by two were... points. Yeah, I mean, it was still close. He was definitely had the momentum, though. He was doing much better in those those middle rounds than he was in the first two when Lara was just too strong and hurting him. Because Lara, I mean, Wood got hurt a lot in that fight. And Lara yeah. got clipped with some big shots, was taking them well. Definitely was slowing down, though. But, yeah, it was a great fight either way. I'm, I'm just messing with you. I'd gladly lose a, a bet and in return get to see, like, an awesome moment, awesome fight. Exactly why I'm I'm hoping to lose the bet about uh the Garcia and and Tank fight. I've I've been what is saying that just a I've beer been, though, right? I've been fading you for months <laughs> about this fight happening. I don't think there's any piece. action on that. Did they they should start DraftKings should start doing that. Like, will this fight just happen? Right. right. Like Haney Lomachenko. I'm, what are the odds? We did that last week. Will it, will it happen? Will it happen in April? Will it happen by July? That that, that right. those are the those are the the prop bets that I would I would put up for for the uh the Davis fight. Before, before actually they get in the ring. Yeah, no other sport uh, is that even a, a thing. Like they have schedules in other sports, they have commissioners. Uh, that would be interesting. I may have to talk to our, our guys at DraftKings. Like, hey, you should add that in because there mm-hmm. are a few big fights on the schedule that have not been announced. But I do think Ryan Garcia Tank is one of them. By the time this comes out, the fight could be announced already. This podcast. Uh, good show, Chris. Uh, a lot we got covered. A lot of ground. Uh, you're heading over to Pro Box this week to do some some more stuff with them. Yeah, I'm headed over to Tampa actually in about an hour. I just got to pack and, and head out. Damn. And uh, yeah, and then going to work all week. Love that. I'm heading to Boston for a few days. I'll be looking nice. at Twitter. Um, Ronnie's right now in Daytona in the Daytona, yeah. infield. He's in the you know, he's in the pace car. That's so cool. That Ronnie's so living cool. in a race car Ronnie, they're calling him. I have always wanted to go to Daytona 500 and... and... This this young man's there beating me to it. Living the dream, young young Ron. He'll be back on the show. Uh, special thanks to our guy Jeff De Palma. He's editing this podcast. He stepped up uh, with Ronnie out. So shout out Jeff. Appreciate you. Uh, remember, folks, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Stay out of those DMs. We out.